Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Life Science Rush Hour with Matt Corcoran. Hope everyone's having a great Wednesday morning. Today, I want to talk about an article I read the other day in Forbes. Um, it was basically to the to the effect of the, the opioid settlement that, you know, many think is pending or in the works um, will be akin to, to, to the big tobacco settlements. Um, this may or may not be true. I don't know. I'm obviously not in the... Um, in the rooms, in the discussions, in the negotiations uh, between the government and the um, and the opioid players. Now that includes a pretty wide array of of um, of companies. It's obviously the manufacturers, but it also is distributors. Could be the pharmacist. Could be you know a, a bunch of different people who maybe didn't think they were ever going to be involved in you know in in litigation or settlements. Um, just where, because of where they fell in the kind of the, the distribution network of it. Um, that being said, we're not going to really talk too much about that. What I want to talk about is how insurance in particular product liability, actually particular to product liability, how that would, could possibly play out in a, in a situation like this. So I'm going to make a, the, the first assumption I'm going to assume is that this will be a settlement between the the opioid uh, industry and the government. The government's going to basically say we incurred these costs. Um, let's say it's a two hundred million dollar or two billion dollar, whatever, whatever amount that settlement is. It's going to pay for the costs that the government incurred, whether that's through healthcare, um, uh, rehabilitation, whatever it might be. And then similar to the tobacco, what tobacco had to do, they'll, they'll have to obviously, the opioid industry will have to make certain safeguards in place, probably an educational outreach, um, some reimbursement, you know, fines, penalties. So it'll all essentially be a financial loss by the government is what will be, um, will be the final decision. Why that's important within the realm of products liability is, is that products liability insurance. So only pays for or only responds to claims of bodily injury or property damage. Now, why that's in, why that's important is because the government itself did not probably did not suffer bodily injury. And it would be tough to say, hey, we suffered property damage as well. Now, individuals certainly did. Um, they certainly had bodily injury, um, you know, to the extent of death, of course. Um, but that is not who will be reaping these, you know, this money. So in that case, prop, product liability would not respond. Again, every policy is a little different. There could be different things. Different policies could ultimately respond somehow or another, depending on how it all plays out. But for the broader settlement... Um, akin to a, you know, the tobacco settlement is that it, it's going to be entirely on the companies um, to pay these, you know, to pay these fines, um, which for large companies, it's probably going to be, you know, it, it's going to be impactful, but certainly nothing um, catastrophic. For those smaller companies, especially who are confined to, to the opioid um, industry or, or 
you know, that's kind of their product and aren't diversified. It's, it could be catastrophic. But again, that will kind of play out. I'm sure it'll take some time to, 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 to all kind of work itself out, who pays what, when, um, where that money goes. So, but the, the, the insurance they have in place and will not respond. I think that could come as a shock to a lot of these companies. Um, these smaller companies, because they're, they're going to say, hey, my product, I'm being sued because of my product. The negligence of, you know, there was some negligence on our part of not warning or uh, kind of, you know, pushing it on too much. Um, and they're going to be shocked to see that, no, product liability would not pay. In the case of bodily injury, um, there certainly could be a case that it would pay. What would have, to, what is interesting, though, is much like we've seen in the past with like asbestos. Asbestos, you look at any insurance policy, is excluded. Um, when we look at product liability policies, um, there's usually an opioid exclusion. Now that's newer, like the asbestos exclusion. You know, all of a sudden insurance carriers realize like, oh crap, this is gonna be a, a huge issue for us. Uh, we better exclude it. Um, so that's something that companies are gonna really have to be aware of. The other thing is you get into, you know, batch claims. So what a batch is essentially, hey, we're going to we're going to group all these claims or similar into one claim. It's good because then you only pay one deductible. But when they occurred versus when they reported or could happen over multiple reporting periods, it could create a, an exhaustion of limits. Um, and also language can be very problematic when it comes to batching, especially as we move up you know, what we call the ladder or the, or the tower of, you know, excess carriers. So you have a $5 million primary carrier, and then you have, no, you know, for lack of a better term, umbrella, but it's really just excess. It goes right above those. Because that wording can be, can be changed over time, especially if you're changing carriers, which we see a lot of that in, on the excess in particular. So, you know, at the end of the day, though, a, a bodily injury claim for your product should be covered. Um, if you're doing opioids and it's not covered because you have that exclusion, that would obviously be a problem. But if you're, if that's your product and it's excluded, you, you pretty much shouldn't have even bought insurance. And, you know, that, that, that's a big, that, that's a big problem that your broker presented to you. Um, but we won't go there. The other thing I want to touch on, because this has been in the news a lot lately, uh, especially with the gig economy, who's an employee, who is not, the independent contractors, um, is, is wage and hour. Wage and hour claims are becoming more and more, I shouldn't say claims, I should say wage and hour cases and rulings um, are becoming more and more prevalent. You know, I've seen in the past two weeks a handful of court decisions come out. You know, yes, they were employees, they weren't getting the proper wages. They didn't get overtime. They were not independent contractors. Now, there's been insurance around this for this for these wage and hour claims for a long time. The take on it was pretty low because it was geared towards larger companies. You know, there was a high deductible. Um, you needed a lot of employees. It was really catastrophic because it's going to be a class action suit most likely. You know, um, you're not going to have one person make the claim. Where there's one, there's going to be many. So... It was expensive, high deductibles, and only fit for those higher, for those big companies. 
what's going to happen now on take rate will be really interesting to me. And also how language could change within these policies. But I think the important thing is to, 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 to be aware of is that coverage for something like this is available. We're seeing for the smaller companies um, some 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 lower limit coverage becoming available within an employment practices liability um, policy. So you might have a sublimit of a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand, which really is not going to go too far, especially when you bring in legal fees. But at least we're starting to see this being extended, and and how that changes over time, what we will see. But I think it's worth investigating, asking your broker the question: Hey, can I get this? Does it make sense? Um, because usually we can get you some numbers pretty quickly, or at least do some, you know, um, sketch out some some broad economic terms to see if it's even worth pursuing. So, again, product liability, you got to remember it covers bodily injury and property damage. If you think it's going to cover fines against, you know, against the government, um, it's probably not going to. Um you also have to be careful when these claims happen over time, if they're individual claims for bodily injury, you know, how your policy is going to respond. Because like anything, there's going to be a ton of these claims, um, not just one person. So, and, and you know, the, the question of batching, good question to ask your broker um, how your policy would respond um, or, or, or how they approach batching. Um, and they don't wage an hour, just, you know, coverage is out there. It's become more and more important to look at in the quote-unquote gig economy. Certainly, we can help you out here at Alliant um, with any questions you might have. Um, per- me personally would probably be who I would recommend. <laughs> um, so that's all I got for today. Hope everyone has a great day. You can find me on Twitter, MXC390 is my handle. My blog, Matt Cork, M-A-T-T-C-O-R-C.com. You can email me there, Matt at MattCork.com. Um, and I look to hear from you, from you soon. Uh, again, have a great day and, uh, keep on listening. Take care.